0: Well, good morning to our family. How are we doing this morning? Yeah, good. I got a question for you guys this morning. Do we have any music lovers in the house? (laughs) Awesome. Very good. I'm going to tell Second Celebration you guys killed it. That was awesome. That was so good. That was really good. Well, I got a more specific question for you guys this morning. Does anyone in here, are you guys familiar with the pop artist known as Seal? He's really big in the 90s. Maybe? Oh, sweet. Awesome. Well, for those of you that know or those of you that don't know, Seal actually dropped a song in 1994 called Kiss from a Rose. Familiar? Maybe. Yeah, okay, good good stuff. So Kiss from a Ro- <laughs> Kiss from a Rose came out in 1994. That song would actually go on to win a Grammy for Song of the Year and then it would also uh, Seal would also go on to win a Grammy for Album of the Year. So it was a pretty big year for Seal. And then in 1995, one of the interesting accolades for that song was that it was the premiere featured song. Kiss from Rose was the premiere featured song on Batman Forever. And yes, that's the one with Val Kimmer and Jim Carrey dressed up uh, like in pajamas like the Riddler. It's a weird movie. It's weird. Don't hold that against Seal. But this being said, I have a story I want to share with you. So a couple years ago, I was driving in my car alone by myself and long and behold, on the radio... Kiss from a Rose comes on. It actually comes on the radio, and uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with this song, this is not a very heavy metal thrasher kind of song. It's not like, uh, you know, you're going to be playing it at the National Anthem, for the National Anthem, typically. So, I didn't want to look uncool by listening to, to Kiss from Rose, but I really like that song. And so what I do to to not look uncool or to, to not look uncool, I roll up the windows and I just crank the volume up. That's what I do. I'm coming up to a red light and there is no one there, so it's time for me to rock and roll with Seal. And so <laughs> And so I close my eyes, guys. I mean, I get into it. Man, my eyes are closed. My fists are pumping. My fingers are twirling. I'm singing. It's just me, Seal, and Jesus singing Kiss from Rose. Oh, it was awesome. I don't know about you guys, but do you ever feel sometimes like someone's watching you? Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. So, so. I got that feeling, I don't really know why. I just got the feeling like man somebody is watching me right now. But my you know, my eyes are closed and it's just me and Seal and Jesus. And so I look over and to my horror I am met with a pair of eyes from a car that crept up next to me. It's an elderly couple, guys. They are in utter confusion. And it's just a man and his wife. The the husband is just in the passenger seat and his wife is mystified by my performance. She's in the passenger seat. She's staring at me. And I don't know uh, if you've heard the expression, it's like a train wreck because you can't look away. I tried to look away, but I just couldn't help it. I just kept looking back. So her looking at me, I'm looking at her, her looking at me, and I'm looking at her. And we're just Stuck here forever waiting on this red light. So I turn down the volume, try to play it cool and not stare too much. But guys, they are not looking away. It's like a solid two minutes, and I don't know if you've been uncomfortable at a red light for two minutes, but it feels like two to four years. It felt like two years. And they just stared the whole time. I could tell that they were talking about me too, because every now and again I would look over, and I don't know if you've ever seen anyone from a different car talking about you, but it looks a little like this. It's like there's a lot of pointing. You know, just really, really uncomfortable. So, finally, after what seemed like two years, the red light turned green, and I got out of there. I mean, I peeled out. No, I didn't do that. But I did get out of there, and I was on my way. It was horrifying. I still remember it to this day, obviously. But the crazy thing is, I took two things away from that day. One being, I remember how I felt embarrassed because... The people around me made me feel really embarrassed for getting into the music. I was very, I don't know, it was just very uncomfortable, very awkward. It felt very, very weird. And two, probably the most important, is I realized that Seal's beautiful music had betrayed me. It, it betrayed me. Not cool, Seal. Not cool. So this morning, I want to ask you guys, have you ever felt a little embarrassed or uncomfortable when it comes to worshiping God with music? Yeah. Have you ever felt like maybe people around you are just staring, and that kind of makes you hesitant? Maybe people are just in utter confusion, judging? See, this morning, I want you to realize that you can't allow the fear of the awkwardness, the embarrassed feelings of getting into the music, prevent you from going a little bit deeper and having a worship-filled relationship with Jesus. Because... the the enemy is going to try to prevent you from turning that volume up and giving it your all for Jesus. And so in this place this morning, I want to remove that kind of evil thinking, that negative thinking, because it has no foothold in this place. It does not belong in this place. Those are lies of the enemy. So in honor of my catastrophic kiss from a rose incident, my betrayal, our big idea this morning is this. What's holding us back from worshiping Jesus? What is holding us back from worshiping Jesus? See, the Apostle Paul, who was responsible for most of the New Testament today, spent a lifetime of experiencing ups and downs. But there was a constant in his life, and that constant was the Holy Spirit. See, Saul would go on to do wonderful things, and we use him as an example today. We talk a lot about Paul. He did a lot of amazing things. But before Paul was able to do those things, Paul was known as Saul. Some of you may know this story, some of you may not. See, Saul was a persecutor of Christians. He, he hunted down Christians. He advocated for the murder and the death of Christians and their communities that they lived in. But then in the book of Acts, we read that there is a transitional moment between Saul and his encounter with Jesus Christ. And what happens and what unfolds in that moment is that, is that Saul, excuse me, experiences the glory and the power and the wonder of Jesus Christ. And that experience transitions, transforms him, excuse me, in this transitional moment. It transforms him into a follower. Of Christ, He becomes a disciple for Christ. He declares Christ is the Lord. He follows him. He chooses to. And this is really interesting because by doing this, by becoming a disciple of Jesus, he actually puts himself in harm's way. He is seen as the enemy in the eyes of the Jewish leadership. And so this is a really important concept that we want to take away from because, see, Paul was willing to be bold for Jesus. He was willing to dive a little bit deeper for Jesus. Regardless of the feelings of embarrassment, regardless of the feelings of others, the perceptions of others, he was still willing to do that. I think this absolutely leads to our first fill-in in considering the perception of others And not worrying like Saul did when he became Paul. Not worrying about how others view us. Our first fill-in is this. Jesus wants us to encounter him. We just need to focus on the encounter. He just wants us to encounter him. See, after encountering Jesus, Paul would later go on to form a, a very unique ministry of planning churches, creating communities in different uh, cities and, and areas across the land. And eventually, <clears throat> this ministry that was very impactful, um, very unique, eventually landed him in a Roman prison in Rome in about 62 A.D. Now remember that Paul was willing to praise God. He was willing to praise God through the good and through the bad. Regardless, whatever comes, he was willing to do it. Regardless of how he was perceived, he was still willing to follow God. See, even during his time of imprisonment, Paul wrote several letters to the churches that he had planted, to the communities that he had planted and helped create and establish. And these letters were giving guidance, they were giving counsel, instruction on how to go a little bit deeper, on how to have a meaningful, worship-filled relationship with their Lord and Savior. Christian Principles. See, one of these churches specifically was a church in a city known as Colossae. And Paul told the Christians that were struggling in this specific city these words right here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Colossians 3.16. See, when we sing songs and praise, we are allowing... The Word of God to move in us, to move through us, and to move around us. And so that concept is really important because the same Word that is in Scripture in our Bibles, the same Word that moves through the Scripture that we rely on for our daily thought life, that same Word also fills through us and around us and in us through the songs that we sing, through praising our Savior. Amen. So when we're allowing God to move in us and move through us through His Word, we have to remember that that same healing power, that same resurrecting power, that moves in Scripture, also will begin to move in us, will also begin to move around us and through us. And that's a very powerful thing. I want to share another story with you, one that doesn't completely end in embarrassment. So, (laughs) About the last, uh, for about the last 10 years, my wife Jamie has been working hard in her career as a teacher. And through this time, there's been seasons and moments of chaos, craziness, weirdness, weird people, weird situations, just a lot of different things that go on being a teacher. A couple of these things would be like COVID in, in the school system. That, that's been chaotic and crazy. The last couple of years uh, were really wild for her. Another one of these struggles or challenges would be her finishing her master's degree. She finished her master's degree while she was working full-time. She's a beast. She's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. She's awesome. Um, And possibly one of the most important or frightening, depending on who you ask, she married me. So that's depending on... Okay. Anyway, all kidding aside, my wife, I am blessed to have a wife that embodies what it means to love others deeply. Because she truly does. That is her passion, that's her calling in life. She loves others deeply. I mean, she puts up with me every day. So that is affirmation to me, that is proof to me that it is true. And it's not just a figment of my imagination. But see, as the school year was coming to an end last May, there's always a unique thing that happens. It's a bittersweet moment, because a lot of the students that you've created an emotional attachment with as a teacher, well, they're moving on. And it's a happy time because you're excited that they're moving on with their education, but it's also a sad time because you love them. You love those kids, they love you, and you don't want to see them go, but they have to move on. Part of the reason why why this last year was particularly tough at the end of the school year was because there was a unique uh, student that Emily had, or excuse me, that my wife Jamie had been able to build a firm connection with, and this uh, little student's name was Willow. Willow is absolutely gorgeous. She's beautiful. She's unique. She's creative and spunky. She's really interesting. And as Forrest Gump would say, we have become best good friends. Because I chaperoned a couple field trips. I was able to help a couple of days in the classroom. And I was able to build a connection myself with Willow. And she is absolutely awesome. See... Willow and Jamie had this really unique um, relationship... Jamie loved Willow. Willow loved Jamie. But two weeks before this most recent school year started, Jamie got a message from Willow's mom. Willow had drowned in her, in her family's pool. And the dad jumped in, gave CPR to Willow, was able to get her stable. And then they rushed her to Peyton Manning's Children's Hospital, where they were able to keep her stable, but she was now in a coma. It was at this point that the doctors told Willow's parents that she would have 72 hours most likely to live. And if she was able to survive 72 hours, really the best case scenario was that Willow would have permanent brain damage for the rest of her life. And so those were the options that the parents had. And the greater factor was really, at this point, this 72 hours. Because in victims of drowning, especially children, most likely they, they do not survive. But inside that 72-hour period, the brain swells and, and usually the, the victims pass away. See, as soon as Jamie found out about this, she was obviously distraught. She found out that Willow is, you know, in the ICU battling for her life. What she did... was immediately immediately start to pray and create a a prayer chain. She was trying to raise money for the family. But most importantly, we began praying together and uh, just praying every day for Willow multiple times a day during this time. And in one day's time, the amount of prayer warriors that were behind this, this initiative of praying for Willow was absolutely amazing, you know, including my wife. Um, the fact that they would give their time and their energy to doing something like that was absolutely amazing. And by the grace of God, Willow made it through the 72 hours. Willow began attempting to speak, to sit up, and she actually began to respond to questions, which completely baffled the doctors. They were in disbelief. They started canceling the MRIs, they started canceling the brain scans. They couldn't really make sense of it. See, Willow Willow defied the expectations of the doctors and woke up from the grip of death. And from her coma, she woke up and was fully healed. She had no lasting effects. And within a week later, she walked right out of that hospital with her family with no issues whatsoever. God is good. See, God had worked a miracle in this little girl's life, in this family. And today, uh, today Willow is back in school and as God would have it. And God would have it Willow is actually retaking another year And so she actually gets Jamie She actually gets Jamie as her teacher for another year And so they are together for another year Yeah, that's awesome (laughs) See, maybe some of us are wondering Why, why am I telling you this story? Well, it's because this morning We need to understand this concept That when we love deeply We will hurt deeply when we love so deeply, we will hurt so deeply. But the, the difference between that love and that hurt is praise. The difference between the love and the hurt is praise. See, the world keeps spinning, the world keeps moving. And it moves past God's miracles, it moves past these stories, it moves past us, our relationships. The things that God has done, the things that God is doing, and the the things that God's going to do, it wants to move past that. And so we have to recognize that. We have to recognize that the world keeps moving, moving, and we have to ask ourselves, are we going to worship? Are we going to praise God through the good and the bad? Because we can't do one without the other. We have to be committed in our praise, in praising God. We have to praise Him through the bad times, and we have to praise Him through the good times. So this morning, we are going to praise Him. and That's our second fill-in. We are going to praise Him this morning. We need to praise Him. He wants us to praise Him. See, Psalm 104, 33 says this, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have, while I have been, while I have been. See, this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different, a little bit different than some of the messages we do on Sunday. I, I want to spend some time with you guys this morning, jumping back into worship. I just want to sing a song with you, standing together and praising God. And so I ask right now if you'll stand with me. And let's just sing worshiping and praising God.
1: As he once would change Stay. Christmas my say
0: When times are good it 's easy to stand up and to praise God it 's easy to sing about his glory, his miracles, and the things that he 's doing in our lives and the things that he 's doing around us. but let 's be real this morning we don't always feel like we 're on top of the mountain. Actually, I feel like most of the time. We actually feel like we're in the challenges of life. We're in the vast of life. See, times can be very challenging. Life can be really cold. It can be brutal and it can be very hard where the outcome is uncertain and we don't know what's going to happen with us and around us to the people that we love. We go through financial issues, we go through marital issues, illnesses, relationships, anxiety, depression, death, fill in the blank. But see, what is important, what is important is that we have to remind ourselves how we react to the valleys of life, how we react to these situations. That is what spiritually defines us. How we react Is what spiritually defines us. So we have to praise him through the good and through the bad. About a year ago, last June in 2022, my wife and I had our wedding. And it was uh, was one of the greatest days of my life, if not the greatest day of my life. It was a beautiful celebration of the unity that my wife and I had for each other that we had for God. Our families were there, our parents were there, our friends were there, you name it, they were there. (laughs) Um, However, the storms of life, the valleys, the challenges, the struggle are just around the corner. They come for us when we least expect it. That's the way it works. See, a little over a week after um our wedding jamie and i were on our honeymoon and i received while we were on our honeymoon i received this horrifying call from my dad telling me that my mother was being flown down to indianapolis heart center see she wasn't feeling well earlier that day and they went to the doctor's office my dad took her to the doctor's office and It was there that the nurse practitioner had identified my mom was having a heart attack. So they made the decision to fly her down to Indianapolis. And so while they were flying her down, obviously panic sets in, confusion sets in for my dad. He calls me, panic starts to set in for me. And during this time, I didn't know what to do. I'm not close. And so all I can think to do is just to pray just to break down and pray. I pray for my mom, I pray for 100% healing, I pray for my dad, I pray for the doctors, that they, they have focus, compassion. And fortunately, the doctors were able to stabilize my mom and things were actually looking good. They were looking like they were on the up and up. They had told her that, you know, it looks like we're stable right now, maybe a couple days of testing. And it looked at that moment like there was just a couple days in the hospital and she would be out. However, it would be the next day that we'd find out that fluid actually began to to build around her heart and complications started to, to rise. See, finding out this, Jamie and I decided to cut our honeymoon short. We decided to leave early. And as we were headed to the airport, I began to pray. I mean, I'm praying for hours and hours, uh, you know, praying for my mom, praying for my dad. Any prayer you can think of, name it, because I prayed it. And as we're going to the airport, trying to get home, I get a call telling me that my mother has passed. She she was gone. She died. And, you know, in that moment, I I felt... And I, I thought that my prayers, they didn't work. There was no miracle. that I prayed to God for things to happen. <clears throat> and they didn't. And I'll be very transparent with you this morning. I mean, I, I even prayed that God would bring my mom back to life. That he would work a miracle. That the same resurrecting power that works through songs and through words. I believe it, Father. Please just bring my mom back and I was met with nothing. And then inside of this last year, my family and I have been trying to just pick up the broken pieces of that situation, of, of that loss. And inside of this year, the company that my dad was working for went out of business and he lost his job. My brother who had been married to my sister-in-law for about 10 years, they have three kids, ended up going through a divorce. And the storms, the struggles, and the valleys kept hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting. But we have to remind ourselves, we have to have a heart check, we have to recognize, are we going to worship Him only in the good times, or are we going to worship Him and praise Him also in the bad? Because we can't do one without the other. See, I've learned a couple things inside of this last year. One of the most important things is that when you love so deeply, you will hurt so deeply. When you love deeply, you will hurt deeply. See, it is a blessing that that love is so deep. And that's what we have to recognize this morning. For anyone that's in a similar situation, we have to recognize that that love And it's a special thing. It's a blessing from God that He bestows upon our heart. And the hurt that is established, the hurt that is associated from that love is evidence that there was love to begin with. See, even when you don't get a miracle, you can still be a miracle. You can still be a miracle because your testimony is a miracle the thing that god has put on your heart the stories that god's put on your heart that is that is a miracle see everyone here is a testament everyone here is a testament to the love and the glory that, of god's miracles everyone here And with the time that I have left on earth and the time that you have left on earth, we need to realize that God's bigger plan is something that we'll never understand. The things that are interlocked, the things that are interwebbed, we're not going to understand how it all connects, the reason for it, why it happens. We're not going to know. But what we have to know and what we have to take away with the time we have left is that God has a plan for us. We're not going to understand the bigger plan, but God has a plan for us. And that's what we have to realize this morning in our lives. Because God wants us to share our testimony. He wants us to share the stories that are on our heart. He wants us to talk with one another. He wants us to share our testimonies. see, something that I've often said to people, I've said about myself, I've said to other people, is that you are unbreakable in the name of Jesus. I am unbreakable in the name of Jesus. I've said that a lot, I've texted that out, told people, it sounds really good on a Hallmark card, you know, but what, is, what the heck does that even mean? What does that mean, you are unbreakable? In the, this is the truth, I am broken. And this is also the truth. You are all broken. Everyone is broken. We are not perfect. No one is. No one has it all figured out. But I would rather be a broken man in the arms of Jesus than in the arms of this world. See, in this world, death only awaits us. But in the name of Jesus... We have promise of everlasting life. And importantly, guys, we have hope. We have hope. See, God has placed this morning to tell you this. He loves you. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much and he wants a relationship. He wants you to encounter him. He wants you to praise him and he wants you to share your testimony with others for him, through him and with him. See Ephesians tells us this be filled with the spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything To God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians 5, 18 through 20. See, the way I want us to end this morning is I want us to stand back up and I want us to sing one more song. And after we stand up and after we sing, we're just going to pray together. So I invite you guys right now to stand up one more time to sing one more song. This morning, before we start worshiping again, I just ask this for you. If there's anything that you're holding on to that's preventing you from praising, preventing you from encountering Jesus, anything that you're just holding on to that you've come into the doors with, I just pray boldly, I ask boldly that we just give that to God this morning, that we're able to worship Him freely with our whole heart. And that we're not worried about who's around us. That we can give him and sing to him the testimony that's on our heart. So let's do that right now in the name of Jesus.
1: All my words for sure. I got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often Every song day, And you never do So I throw in my hands Praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a Hallelujah not much. nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah hallelujah I've got one response Got just one moon, with my arms raised wide. my soul, don't you get shy on me to go, You're lying
0: Before we we leave, I just want to pray together. And if if any of us in this place this morning want to accept Christ for the first time or reaffirm your faith in Christ, I just ask that you pray with me. I'm going to say just a very simple prayer. And I just ask that we repeat it and then we say it together. So I'm going to say it real quick. Don't repeat just yet. It's going to sound something like this. God, I may not understand you, but I give you my life. Lead me as you will. Amen. It's just as simple as that. So I'm going to ask right now that you repeat after me. And here at the jar, we we say and we sing and we pray together. So let's say this together. God, I may not understand you, but I give you my life. Leave me as you will. Amen. Let's hear it for the people that
1: said that for the first time.